Welcome to episode 1005. It's Tuesday, January, excuse me, it's Monday, January 19th, and you're listening to the Geek at Geek News Central. This show, this show is sponsored in part by GoDaddy.com and listeners like you. Pick up a domain name for $1.49 or get 30% off your next purchase at GoDaddy.com. All my purchase, all my GoDaddy specials can be found at geeknewscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Start supporting this show today by becoming a GNC insider at geeknewscentral.com forward slash insider. Geeknews Central is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. Hey, folks, got a great show lined up for you. Lots to share. Some interesting things going on here, and uh, we have a mission. We're going to be talking about that here in just a few minutes. So, you know, comes next, strap in. Here it comes. All right, people, I need a go no go for the Geek News Central podcast. Digital archive recorders. We're go fly. Microphone. We're go fly. Video feed. Go. Web browser. Go. RSS data stream aggregator. Go fly. Interflux totism suppressor. All right, I'm confused. Host readiness check. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. The Geek News Central podcast is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are ready to go. Cue Todd in... Five. Bucky, Bucky, who's got the button? Four. There is no cause for alarm. Three. Everybody hold on to something. Two. Just press the button. One. It's showtime. Those of you that uh, were watching got to see my screw-up. Those of you that were listening did not. <laughs> Everyone, uh, aloha and welcome to Geek in the Center. Of course, my name is Todd Cochran. I'm just absolutely thrilled to be with you this evening and uh, putting together the show for you. Uh, got a lot to talk about. And uh, and again, as I said in my, uh, in my short intro at the beginning, we're on a mission tonight and uh, we'll get into that mission here in just a few minutes. But if you're brand new to the show, I promise I'm not always all thumbs when it comes to uh, switching the video. Everything here is switched live by yours truly. You don't have a big support staff here. It's a support staff of one, me, myself, and I. So uh, again, but welcome to the show. And if you are brand new to Geek News Central, again, you're part of the family here. That's what it is. We're all one big happy family, and it's you know that's why we call you our Ohana. And uh, we definitely want you to be subscribed to the show. So it's real easy to do. All you got to do is get over to geeknewscentral.com, and right there in the second column of the website, there's a link there that says subscribe to podcasts on iTunes via RSS feed. Or via more subscription options. And if you click that more subscription options, it's going to load another page. It's basically going to give you some instructions on how to do it if you're an Android user. Beyond Pod for Android or Podcast Republic for Android. If you have an iOS device and you have friends that have an Android device, uh, you can help me out by showing them how to go to the Play Store and grab the free app and get subscribed to uh, Geek News Central. We want you to sign up for the newsletter as well when you're on the website. And that can be done really right, right on the Important links section, you just click on newsletter, loads a page. It's very simple. Click to subscribe, and uh, you'll get all the show notes delivered directly to your inbox immediately following the show. As soon as I get done pushing the uh, publish button here, I go ahead and copy what is in the blog post, and I just email that to everyone that's on the uh, on the mailing list. So you'll never miss a single episode. You'll never know when, uh, when the show is uh, coming out. And we're like uh, the mailman here. Every Monday and Thursday, the show is recorded. It's released Tuesday and Friday morning. Uh, I record here in Honolulu at 8 p.m. Uh, Hawaiian Standard Time, which most of you are already in bed. But uh, definitely want to uh, thank you for uh, for tuning in today if you're checking out the show for the first time. Of course, if you're a longtime listener, 
of course, thanks for being here as well. Hey, you can uh, really stay abreast of everything that uh, I'm doing by, you know, just following stuff on Google Plus, Facebook. Of course, you can email me here at the show as well. And let's see if I can get this right without screwing this up. Twitter is at Geek News. The email address is geeknews at gmail.com. You can email me 24-7 and uh, just, you know, put a comment for the show and I'll save that email and I'll respond to it live at the end of every podcast. So uh, we go through uh, all the emails. I try not to miss. If you send something on Facebook, um, I try to copy it as well. Sometimes I miss the stuff on Facebook and Google+. Plus. It's not as easy to track and put in a, basically in the in my bundle here, but um, usually I reply to you on Facebook. So uh, what else is going on here? Um, of course, tech, podca- tech podcast channel on the Roku, Boxy, Samsung Smart TV, Google TV, and Kickback. We, we're pumping a lot of content now into the tech podcast channel on the Roku. So you definitely want to tune in there because all our CES stuff is starting to go boom, 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 boom from the variety of our hosts that have been at the show. We've got uh, Marlo. We've got Todd. Uh, Ani from uh, uh, The Elder Divide. We've got uh, Jamie Davis from Health Tech Weekly. We've got uh, Mr. Don Bain from The Gadget Professor. Uh, we've got the uh, F5 Refreshing Tech folks. Uh, the list goes on. Lots of stuff starting to pop now as the guys are really kind of in production mode here. So uh, be definitely be watching the uh, uh, the channel and we'll basically keep you... Uh, I'm going to basically backfill you guys tonight a little bit on some of the stuff that's came out on the website as well. And uh, we'll talk about that, some highlights for you to take a look at. I want to do thank GoDaddy for being a sponsor here at Geek News Central. Of course, GoDaddy's been a sponsor of this show nine-plus years. Had a meeting with the folks at GoDaddy on Friday. We'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. Uh, big meeting with uh, a very important person over there. So we'll talk about that. But um, tonight, we want to do is we want to save you money. It's all about saving money. None of us have extra cash laying around. I wish we did, but no one has, you know, piles of cash. We like to save money anytime we can, and you can do so when you pick up a domain name, hosting account, or a service product over at GoDaddy.com by using one of my promo codes, GNC30. Get 30% off all new orders. That code, I'm going to tell you, that's been a very, very productive code, that 30% off code. So make sure that you uh, take advantage of that. Over there, Geek149, you get a .com for $1.49 on a new or transfer domain. Of course, you can get Domain Website Builder, Microsoft Outlook email address, and a free domain for a dollar a month for 12 months by using the pro GNCGOT, GNCGOT. We've got a dollar a month WordPress hosting with a free domain by using Press4 for a year, a dollar a month, so 12 bucks for a year. So you get imagine that. You get a free domain, you get a hosting account for, for 12 bucks. Can't beat it. Geeks12. You get a dollar a month economy hosting with a free domain as well. Features listed on the website. We got a lot of 50% offers as well. I don't know why you would get a 295.com when I got a dollar forty nine one, but that's on the website as well. But there's a code there essentially for every occasion. Now, <clears throat> one occasion that there is not a code for is renewals. And one of the things that I stressed uh, pretty heavily during my meeting with the, uh, um, and actually who I had the meeting with was, um, the same lady that uh, basically uh, did the first deal with this show nine and a half years ago. Uh, Chris called me or actually did an email, say, hey, let's catch up. Now, Chris is in charge of uh, Danica, on basically all the high-profile stuff, Super Bowl, um, all those really high-profile ads that GoDaddy does. 
And uh, we had a call, talked about what's going on with space, talked about some new products coming out, some new initiatives, which I'm really excited about, be able to uh, introduce. I'm probably going to be doing a GoDaddy a rep interview at some point in the near future, talking about some new products they're coming to market with. And she actually extended an olive branch too, told me, hey, we wanted to invite you out to a NASCAR race this year. And uh, so it's going to be awesome. I'm uh, going to try to figure, in, figure out my schedule, when to go. I'm thinking the Michigan, I think it's a Michigan 500. Is that, is that a NASCAR or is that IndyCar? One of the, I think it's maybe it's Michigan 400 for NASCAR. I apologize. I know I got some NASCAR fans out there right now that are screaming at me, but um, they uh, basically give me the full VIP, uh, um, you know, the VIP trip. So I'm going to have to make a decision soon because I have to look at hotel bookings and all that stuff. So anyway, uh, if you've got a race you think I should go to, um, let me know. It's been many, 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 many years since I've been to a, uh, motorsports event. I used to go to a lot of IndyCar races, but I haven't, uh, been personally to a NASCAR race. So I'm looking forward to it. And especially being down in the pit, hanging out with Danica and the crew and, uh, should be a lot of fun. So, uh, take the camera and it make for some fun stuff for all of you to watch on the back channel. But, uh, anyway, that's what's going on. But again, GoDaddy.com, sponsor your long time, lots of great deals for you to save money on. And uh, you can find all of them at geeknewcentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Definitely uh, use those codes. Share them with your friends, family members, people that you know, people that you don't know. Every code utilization really goes a long way in helping this show and for us keeping the lights on. So big thanks to GoDaddy.com for their continued support here at, uh, at Geek News Central. Okay, so I want to start right off today um, and put a challenge out. And uh, family takes care of family. And um, it came to my attention, uh, not even directly. It came to my attention through something I saw on Facebook um, where one of our Ohana is in need. Now, have you ever had to take a cold shower? Have you ever had to take a cold shower in the winter? Have you ever had to replace or have a water heater go out when you didn't have the money to replace it. Well, how about being in a situation where you've been unemployed for a while and one or more of the members of the household are is vision impaired, legally blind. Uh, the other member has been, um, had some health issues. And um, I just really want all of you to reach out and help one of our Ohana members here, Sean and Jen Thorpe. Now, Jen is a longtime writer at Geek News Central. She's put a lot of articles up on the website. You'll see stuff uh, intermixed. She was, man, cranking them out uh, prior to, uh, during CES. So most of the CES coverage as you show up, she was just boom, 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 boom on, on fire uh, putting articles together. Well, it came to my attention, I guess about four or five days ago, the, their water heater went out and they are um, not able to replace it at this point. Uh, financially, it's just uh, too tight uh, for them to make it happen. None of us, none of us want to take a cold shower. And I know you can empathize with me on that. If, if you have, it just sucks so bad. It's, it's not even funny. And it just starts your day off wrong. So here's what we've got. And this is what I want to do. Now, I've already made a donation 
but I'm going to go out and step on the ledge a little further. We got $570 we need to raise yesterday. We need to put $570 in their GoFundMe account like right now. So what I want you to do is I'm going to have the link up in the show notes for you tonight. And I want you to go over there and if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20, 50, 75, 100, whatever you can give, I'd appreciate if you uh, would consider helping both Sean and Jen out. And uh, here's what I'm going to do. Every dollar that the Ohana contribute, I will uh, match uh, through their $1,000 goal. So really, all we have to raise um, is about $280. Because if we can raise $280, I'll chip in the other half. So what, what I want you to do is if you decide that you want to contribute and help with the uh, fundraiser for both Sean and Jen, as um, soon as you make your donation, just send um, Sam, Sam at Geek New Central, or Insider, excuse me, Insider at GeekNewCentral.com, uh, send an email to Sam, and he's going to tell me um, at the end of each day what the total is. And then I'm going to go ahead and I'll make an, another donation or two or whatever it takes to get them over a thousand bucks as fast as we can. Now here's, you know, here's the situation, you know, many of you are going to say, well, it doesn't cost a thousand bucks for a hot water heater. Well, you're not blind and you don't have to have someone come in and put that hot water heater in for you. He does. And, uh, we need to, to recognize that he's going to have to have a handyman come in. Now they're in San Luis Obispo. Now, I, I'm going to have to check the map here because we might, we might have an inside edge here. Now, let me, let me, uh, let's see, where's San Luis? And I'm sorry, I'm just um, not uh, O-B-I-S-P-O. Where is San Luis Obispo? Is it up north or is it? Let me look at the map here. Uh, okay, waiting for, for, oh, isn't that nice? You load me on Google Maps or? Is it North California or Southern California? Oh, that sucks. It's north of LA. I was going to say, we've got a Ohana member in San Diego that is a handyman that uh, I might be able to hire to go up there but and do this, but it's pretty long haul. That's probably four hours for him, so that's a little bit out of his handyman zone. So, well, hopefully Sean has uh, found someone to be able to come in. But here's this is the this is the deal. Um, just want you guys to know that uh, we got to try to help these folks out. They're part of the Ohana, and family helps family, and I think it's really critical. Let's get them a new hot water heater as fast as we can. Let's pay it forward. Um, for those of you that are listening to the show, you know if you're in a situation, if you have a something that comes up that's a critical. Don't be afraid to tell me either. You know, I think this is what we should do from time to time as we, as we can is help uh, help the folks out that listen to the show. We help one another. That's what family's for. So, um, again, uh, I'll match dollar for dollar up to the $1,000 that he needs to replace that. And uh, let's try to get that busted out in the next couple of days. And whatever you can contribute, I would definitely appreciate it um, just so, uh, so they can get it. It just sucks. It just sucks not having a hot water heater. I think we all just we just know, right? Okay, so let's uh, let's make it happen. That is the uh, that's the mission for all of you over the next couple of days. And again, doesn't matter if you got five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, whatever you can do. 
is is a help. And you know, be honest with you, we should be able to uh, knock this out pretty quick. Okay, um, so I I've been crazy. It's been nuts, 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 nuts here. I'm like playing catch up. Um, I mean, to the point of like, it's I'm actually kind of surprised I'm this far behind. Um, and it's not as bad as maybe I'm making out to be, but it just feels like it's been piling on. And we've had a couple things happen over the past four or five days that have kind of added some uh, drama to uh, things that we're doing. But I had to go see, and I'm going to get into tech, I promise. Uh, I had to go see American Sniper. This is a movie not for the kids. I'm just telling you now. You have a 16, 17, 18-year-old. They can handle it, but not much younger than that. Please don't take your kids to see this movie, The Youngins. It is unlike any movie I have ever seen. And if you've been following the story about this movie, you'll know the ending. And if you don't know the ending... Um, I'm going to advise you not to research about it. But I am going to tell you, if you want to go see an incredible movie um, that really depicts um, some of the craziness that goes on for our American soldiers and what they have to go through, and this guy um, did his part and then some, um, you're going to get something out of this movie. You really, really are. And uh, there was a bunch of times during the movie I was shaking my head. Things he said, I, I was up. yep, yep, yep. So I, um, I hope you'll go see it. And I know you, many of you may not have a, you know, might be against uh, the military, the war. That's fine. But I think this is some good perspective for some of the craziness and some of the stuff that has happened happens to some of our guys and uh, it's a, a incredible ending to a movie and uh, um, we'll talk about it more later but it was unlike any ending to a movie I've ever seen or ever been in before so I'll leave it at that so go, go see American Sniper in the movie theater it's critical you go to the movie theater and experience what I experienced all right okay um I'm also going to put the call out today. I need more writers. Uh, if you want to write for Geek News Central, send me an email. Uh, especially right now. We got a backlog. <laughs> and there's a lot to do. If you want to get to work right away, come on down. Send me an email with your uh, couple of articles. Maybe you've written some other sites. Or basically tell me how much you really want to write for the site. And I'm going to bring you on. We've got a lot to do, a lot to cover, a lot of ground to make up. Um, over the next couple of weeks, so uh, definitely uh, email me if you're if you're interesting interested. Also, the podcast awards uh, nominations open today. I think I'm eligible. <laughs> uh, I I'm just consulting. I'm not running the awards, so I think I can actually have you guys nominate me. Uh, I I haven't been told I can't be nominated yet. So I, I think we're going to go on the pretense that I can be. And the, the, I guess they'll make a decision one way or the other. But uh, no matter what, if, if you feel I'm worthy, <laughs> this is the first time in 10 years I can ask you to go nominate me. Um, go over to podcastawards.com and 
please enter, uh, basically nominate me in the uh, People's Choice and in, in, in the tech section. Um, and also make sure you dominate some other shows while you're over there, too. Pick, pick some other categories, some shows that you like. Put the podcast name, the podcast URL, URL in. And then uh, your name and email address. We got a couple of weeks. You get to vote. I mean, you get to nominate once. So you just take your time. You got a couple of weeks here. Uh, nominations close on February second, uh, so you can go over there and, and you know get. But you only can submit that form one time, or at podcastrewards.com. So go over to the website, nominate this show and whatever other shows you want to tech category and in people's choice. And I would most appreciative all right okay so what else is going on here um let me look at my short list you know i'm guilty i'm sorry uh the show 1000 1000 show prizes have not gone out yet uh just keeping myself honest here with you guys letting you know it's just i'm gonna try i promise i'm gonna try to get it done it was on the list for friday and it got pushed because of some other stuff that was absolutely going nuts out here all right, that's it. Uh, let's get into the tech. i got a stack here for you. If you've got comments, again, on tonight's show, geeknews at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to leave a voicemail, you can do it via the link on the website. There's a there's a hotline number over there. And uh, don't forget, if you want to join me, I'm getting ready to do another 10-day run on Perium. So if uh, you want to do a 10-day weight loss with me, you can get a $50 off coupon at perium.com by using the promo code PODCAST. Link will be up uh, in the show notes. All right, let's start right off tonight with uh, some news coming out of Amazon. Amazon announces plans to make movies for theaters. 12 movies a year will come to theaters first, then Prime later. This is this is huge. So fresh off their Golden Globe wins for its original series, Transparent, uh, Amazon today announced it will produce and acquire full-length feature films for a theatrical release Amazon original movies, which focus on unique stories, Voices and characters from top and upcoming creators will become available to us Prime subscribers just four to eight weeks after the premiere in theaters, a shorter transition to streaming than you'd see from the major movie studios. So this is, they're not small. They're going large. That's one thing. You've got to just like, wow, going to do 12 a year and uh, they got to keep feeding the beast. Prime. Prime is the thing that's pushing all this. But I'm surprised that they're going to be running it into movie theaters first. I'm, I'm wondering if it's a monetization play to get the movie paid for and then have it available for all Prime folks. Or is it an incentive for people that are not on Prime to become Prime? Hmm. I don't know one way or the other. But it is uh, an interesting model. So we'll see what happens with this anyway with the folks over at Amazon and their plans to make 12 movies a year. For, uh, for movie theaters. And I, you know, I'll be honest, I don't go to that many movies in the theaters. When I do, it's big, big blockbuster ones like the American Sniper that I went and saw uh, Sunday night. And it was packed, full, full to the rim, the movie. And, uh, but anyway, that's uh, enough on that. I, I saw an article, TechCrunch very rare, rarely these days raises the radar for me. Um, but they did today. They're talking about a startup called uh, Magzeteer, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R. And this company is selling many magazines on the web and mobile devices, been focused on traditional purchase models. But they're going to be introducing something called Magzeteer Gold, 
which will be a new version of Magazetteer app, will cost 99 per month, and it will provide unlimited access to more than 2,000 magazines, including Maxim, ESPN, Fast Company. There will also be an option called uh, Magazetteer Gold Light, where you can choose only five titles, but you access to the full archive of each one, and that's $4.99 a month. Now, how many, I, I, I might get uh, Scientific American and two or three other um, um, magazines now. I think on Zillow is who I think I get them through. I, I don't buy magazines. I only get digital ones and uh, never heard of this company t- until today. Um, completely off my radar. I don't know if any of you had known about it as well. But anyway, this is, this is an incredible offer, $9.99. So basically, 120 bucks a year, access to um, 2,000 titles. Now, Maxim's not necessarily the magazine I re- read anymore, but uh, Forbes and New Yorker, and you know, looking through this list here, what else? Got Mac Directory. We've got uh, Illustration. We got uh, a variety of different magazines here. That's at least on the front page. So. Um, if anybody has any experience with this company already, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, what uh, what your thoughts are. But Magzetier, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R.com. Uh, link will be up in the show notes, of course. But uh, kind of a cool model for magazines. Nine, nine, I don't know why someone didn't think of that already. It is kind of surprising to me that uh, this is the first we've actually uh, we've heard of it. Okay, over on, and this is a new site, again, N-O-O-G-A.com, Nuga. Nuga.com. There's reporting of a uh, Comcast planning to add gig speeds. Now, we can know the president had called for access to faster, cheaper internet. And uh, of course, he uh, highlighted Chattanooga, Tennessee as one of the uh, municipal broadband projects that worked out great where they have high speed uh, up and down fiber connectivity. But Comcast gig versus uh, some of these other services. Comcast plans to use a chip for cable modems. It relies on a version of data over, basically data over cable service interface, DOCSIS, DOCSIS 3.1. Of course, we know DOCSIS 3.1 is a critical technology for Comcast to provide even faster, more reliable data speeds. Features such as IP video to their subscribers, but uh, they think they're going to be able to obtain one gig speeds. Now, the problem with DOCSIS, it's really two different architectures for delivering uh, the internet. you have the fiber, and then you have the cable. The fiber doesn't necessarily use DOCSIS. The cable internet does. So um, so the newest version of DOCSIS will help Comcast compete, but it may not be able to provide symmetrical up-download speed, and that's what we all want. We all want that symmetrical up and down uh, that is so absolutely critical. So, um, oh, that was not good. Speaking as... Symmet- symmetrical uh, lost the uh, the YouTube, I mean the live stream feed, sorry, yes I want to shut that off and let's see if I can restart it it, it just flat out died and we'll delete that one, we'll, we'll play it later so um, anyway we'll see where they roll out they're talking about it, no cities announced of course I know many of you are going to be watching the Super Bowl. That's a forthcoming here. I'm uh, will probably make some time to watch Super Bowl as well. Uh, you know, kick back with the kids here and watch it on the on the 60 inch here in the in the living room. 
And uh, YouTube, though, is going to have a halftime show that may uh, surpass uh, what the folks at uh, um, NFL is going to do. So if you've seen enough Super Bowls, you know that the halftime show is really a, a pretty big event. And some of us uh, step away to, uh, you know, hit the restrooms and uh, get a fresh uh, a cocktail. And I mean, and it's usually uh, some aging rock band or some uh, someone that uh, was popular in charts you know, 15 or 20 years ago. But this time, YouTube is going to be hosting its first ever halftime show, a live Internet event. We'll have YouTube stars like comedy duo Rhett and Link. I don't know who those guys are from Epic Mealtime's. Harley Morenstein and Freddie Wong performing everything from stunts to fake Super Bowl spots. So uh, anyway, if you want to tune in at halftime, maybe you can watch both. Watch the YouTube show and have the your tablet running and watching the YouTube event. <laughs> uh, the two screens. Yes, indeed. I'm very excited because Google Calendar is going to be coming to iOS. I live in the uh, Google Calendar app. It's, you know, anymore when I get uh, requests for meetings from people, it always comes via Google Calendar. It's never any type of um, Outlook, you know, calendar invite. It's always a Google Calendar. So um, I'm looking forward to this new app. There's some, uh, basically, uh, some screenshots have been leaked of it. And uh, this is going to be awesome. Cannot wait um, for this update to hit. And uh, we're definitely going to be, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be a user when it's out and available. So it just, it looks, um, from a tablet standpoint, it looks pretty nice. And also iPhone standpoint, the it looks really nice from a management standpoint. But uh, as you would expect, uh, um, nice and colorful. So we'll hopefully, uh, I'll have the link in the show notes. You can take a look at the screenshots yourself. But uh, definitely going to be a nice uh Nice addition to iOS. You know, I have Sonos speakers here in the house. I invested in those a couple of years ago, uh, one in the bedroom, one here in the studio. I have a remote unit that hooks into my um, my Denon um, stereo amplifier that hooks to my Bose speakers that I've had uh, forever. And I can basically, with my iPad, I can bring up Pandora or any other streaming service um, and basically play music. Uh, we used a lot during the holidays, um, and basically I can control each room. Uh, even my son's asking for his own speaker now, and I'm like, yeah, buy your own because they're not necessarily inexpensive. But Sonos wants to launch an API for third-party apps, so they're finally going to open this up to let everyone that has uh, some, you know, an app or a device be able to write to this uh, uh, platform. So this is cool. So up until now, Sonos users have had to use the company's own mobile or desktop app, and uh, this would be a big change. It'll allow us to be able to uh, uh, play directly from any app, and uh, we'll definitely be taking advantage of that. Uh, have any of you else got a Sonos speakers? What kind of wireless speakers do you have in your house? You know, there's a Bose has their kind, and there's, you know, two or three other uh, brands out there. I just wish they would all uh, talk to each other, and most of them, most of them do not. Right there's an article over in the Washington Post that is worthy of a read, and I, for some reason, you know, what happened is is here in Hawaii, we have a um, newspaper called the Star Advertiser. Um, it was a consolidation of a couple of newspapers over a number of years, and um, my wife is the only one in the house that likes to read the newspaper. 
Well, the price got kind of high, and uh, we cut the newspaper way, way back. I think we got uh, we get Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I think those are the editions we get. She reads them. I don't. Um, I get the online edition. But with this, and they, they added a benefit this year with the um, with the subscription. I also got um, access to the digital version of Washington Post. So, and I've been getting, you know, every day I get an email from the Washington Post and about 90% of it is just like delete, right? But today there was an article on the Washington Post talking about uh, Snowden in, with Snowden in the background. Uh, privacy takes a backseat to security. So there's a, there's a discussion going on and some polling that's been done that's maybe a little bit surprising to all of you. So a new Washington Post ABC News poll is basically saying that for, by a, a roughly a two-to-one margin, Americans say they're willing to give up personal privacy to let the federal government investigate terror threats. So for two-to-one, Americans are basically saying we're willing to give up our privacy. So we know since September 11th and that fateful day that uh, the federal government has been you know, hell-bent on making sure that uh, something like that does not happen here again. And I'm not against those efforts. Don't get me wrong. But we know that there's been a lot of revelations um, last year by uh, the now uh, individual who is uh, stuck in Russia. And boy, it's, you know, I guess if you want to be stuck someplace, I guess one place to be stuck. Um, I definitely want, wouldn't want to have to spend the rest of my life there, but he will be apparently. But um in the wake of the Paris terrorist attacks and the rise of the the ISIS folks, and the public has reverted to a somewhat stronger stance of protection over freedom, 63 to 32%. So this is a little bit of a shift here. And now young adults are the only group expressing mixed feelings on this issue, splitting 48% for investigating threats against 47% wanting privacy. Big majority of those over age 30 with an investigation going up to 75% for some, for senior citizens, uh, which I don't think I find surprising. So um, kind of interesting move here, yeah? And um, interesting to see that uh, folks have kind of settled down a little bit and are more willing to let the government do what they need to do to uh, get the job done and at the same time give up some of their uh, some of their rights and some of their privacy. So what do you guys think? What I'd like to hear you guys' feedback on this. And of course, uh, I think all of us have become more aware and a little bit nervous of what's going on um, throughout the world. I don't think the threat has ever went away. I, you know, I've been pretty uh, resolute in my opinion that this is going to go on for a long, long time. Uh, these things just don't end the way a, a normal conflict would. So uh, we'll, it'll be a generational thing that we're going to deal with here. Um, if you think about World War II, what did World War II last? Uh, four, and, and, and I apologize if my history strikes me wrong, but four, four and a half years. And how long we've been at this with since 2001? We've been at this 14 or 13 and a half years. Um, so it uh, definitely uh, is not something that has ended quickly and is going to continue. So um, what do you guys think on this privacy survey and where do you guys sit today? I'd love to hear from you, geeknews at, uh, at gmail.com. But anyway, I should have brought up the headline for again. 
the headline was, with Snowden in the background, privacy takes a break to security. In the very exciting news, and we're going to switch gears here and go completely the other direction, uh, Google may be uh, getting their wallets out, and they might be investing in uh, SpaceX. Uh, it appears Google may really want to pour money into SpaceX to uh, get access to satellite internet. You know, and we've heard the uh, the Google founders basically saying that they would rather invest and give money, you know, and, and actually I think Sergi said he'd rather give all his money to someone like, like Elon Musk than give it to charity. I know that outraged a lot of people, but, um, you know, I think the Google team, I would not at all, I would not at all be shocked in this investment because – it's the uh, mindset over there at Google and many companies that, you know, they should feed innovation through feeding, you know, stuff that other entrepreneurs are doing. So um, this is pretty exciting stuff here. So Google's considering investing in SpaceX. SpaceX has been valued at, at north of $10 billion. And apparently SpaceX is according other investors as well. Um, so this is huge. Uh, Elon Musk on Friday told a gathering in Seattle that SpaceX new offices in that city would be dedicated to the satellite internet service. This announcement came just days after another competing satellite company, OneWeb, announced its own investment with Richard Branson's Virgin Group as well as Qualcomm. So we know that both companies are in early stages developing their services, but they have key differences. Musk insists that his microsatellite system is more sophisticated than the one of Greg Wireless founder and CEO of OneWeb, but OneWeb grew out of O3B, which was already a microsatellite venture that Google invested more than a billion dollars into. So uh, this is big. So we'll see what happens where this goes. Uh, you know, Google's been aggressive about experimenting with the ways of making the internet better. And uh, I totally like the idea of these mini satellites being able to serve rural America and the rest of the world that does not have internet. I think it, the information will set us free, folks. Internet and freely available information can really, really uh, change a lot of things, um, especially when it, there's no, um, for a better word, no uh, firewall behind it. Not, you know, countries not stopping uh, the flow of information. This is another first tonight, and it's, I think I've covered an article on the ACLU.org website a handful of times in the 10 years that I've been. Uh, doing the show, but they got an article over there. It basically says the Drug Enforcement Agency discloses bulk surveillance of Americans' international phone calls. So the DEA acknowledged yesterday yet another government program involving the bulk collection of American call records in a three-page court filing in a criminal case long shrouded in secrecy. The DEA said that up until September 2013, it collected in mass information about U.S. calls made into and from certain countries. So you can imagine that it would have come from like Colombia, Mexico, Iran, uh, Afghanistan, all these countries that uh, uh, are heavily in, in um, drug production and uh, export, illegal export to the United States. So, uh, you know, the DEA currently maintains foreign offices in 67 countries. But uh, they say that the DEA database represents the fourth government program involving bulk collection of call records. Uh, disclosed to date. So we know under Section 215 of the Patriot Act what the NSA is allowed to collect and Executive Order 12333 additional 
phone records are being collected. And then using the Hemisphere program, law enforcement agents have been able to access database of call records dating back as far as 1987. So essentially, if you made a call and you've done something sinister, <laughs> you're screwed. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the, that's the uh, genesis. <laughs> oh, military, militarytimes.com. And I'm telling you, it's some wild article links tonight. Air Force UF files, Air Force UFO files hit the web. And I can't wait to go through this um, because my grandmother in the 60s was interviewed by the Air Force and the Blue Book Project. So the Air Force files on UFO sightings and investigations have tantalized many of us for many, many years. We've all wanted to get our hands on this data. This week, nearly 130,000 pages of declassified UFO records, a trove that would make, boy, Agent Fox Mulder's mouthwater hit the web. So UFO enthusiast John Greenwald, now uh, he's a big uh, UFO guy, has spent nearly two decades filing Freedom of Information Acts on the government's data. So on January 12th, Greenwald posted the Blue Book files as well as files on Blue Book's 1940s era predecessor, Project Sign and Project Grudge, on his online database called the Black Vault. So it's available over, and I'm just absolutely cannot wait to go. And I did have no time tonight before this beginning of the show, but I'm chomping at the bit to go over and look at this site. So you can go into the Blue Book collection, and you browse by year and search by keyword. So let, let's see if I can, let's see if we can find Grandma in here. So let's search by keyword. And let's see if her name is in here at all. Why would this be cool? And let me look. Uh, nope. Let me try another one. Uh, let me try the hometown. See if we get any luck here. Cleveland, Ohio, Fairfield. So my mom is listening to this. So mom, you're going to have to help me. What year was the big sightings in and around Coldwater that grandma saw on, oh, Coldwater, Ohio, Southern Michigan? Is that it? Is this the one? What date is this on the 66? Uh, let's open this up. Let's look. Oh, I'm excited here. This is going to take a second to load. <laughs> It would have been 1966 was the, was the year. That's about right. Let's see here. Oh, oh, you're going to love this. Project 10073 record. Oh, you have, wait, you guys have got to see this. If those of you that are watching, oh, this is classic. Oh, my goodness. Let me load this. Location, Southern Michigan. Conclusion, marsh gas. Uh, Mid-March 1966, I think that's right. Multiple civilians, uh, multiple witnesses. USO, UFOs, very likely swamp gas. Let's <laughs> uh, see if they... If they... Uh, 
Oh, oh, yeah, this is close. Hillsdale, Michigan. That's very, very close. Oh, I'm going to have to read all this. I don't know if this is uh, anything in the Quincy area, but there was a huge, huge, huge bunch of sightings. And it was a traditional um, flying saucer with a, you know, basically had the, and Grandma had pictures that she took with a brownie. And uh, we had to find those. I got to put my mom on a mission here to find these things. So March of six, this has got to be the case file. I, I'm excited to go through this. <laughs> uh, there was no uh, Project Blue Book when I saw my UFO. Uh, no, uh, it didn't exist at the time. But uh, is, or is her name in here? This was Chelsea, a lot of stuff. No, I don't see anything in Coldwater Quincy in this report. So I'll have to look some more. But anyway, this is... <laughs> this is a big write-up. Big, big write-up. Marsh gas. <laughs> oh, man, how stupid we were. How stupid we were back in those days. Were we that, were we that gullible? Um, ma'am, uh, what you saw flying above the trees, that was not a UFO. Look into the light here. That was marsh gas. <laughs> Oh, man. We can have fun for that for a while. All right, let's let's move on. AndroidCenter.com. Cree's $15 connected LED bulb is perfect for the rest of your house. I did not get to see uh, this at CES, but smart lighting is, a, is really making its way into our homes. And there's a lot of connected bulbs. Cree seems to be one that uh, gives you the options of changing the color and the and the brightness. And you can actually control each room and groups. So uh, definitely have this link up in the show notes. It's going to be pretty cool soon. You, Honey, did you turn off the lights? Uh, no, I didn't. And your wife will give you that sideways. Like, Just give me a second. You'll load the app and turn off all the lights in the house. So Cree is a $15 connected LED bulb. And... Uh, Anyway, link us up on AndroidCentral.com. More news on the uh, government agency that we've all become to know quite well. Apparently, there's a allegation that uh, they've been uh, basically uh, hijacking botnets and so forth to do, uh, <laughs> to do their dirty work. So I have the link up in the show notes on that. Uh, it just continues to go on and on and on on information allegedly put on the internet. All right. Um, you guys are going to be blown away by this. Uber has revealed a mind boggling statistic that taxi drivers are absolutely going to hate. The valuation of car hailing service Uber is always given skeptics, uh, basically a brain aneurysm. One of the most commonly involved takedowns of the ever-increasing mind-blowing valuation is that the company has achieved a $40 billion valuation. Investors are valuing Uber as if its market was bigger than the whole taxi market. The implications are that people have been saying that the investors are absolutely insane. Well, check it, check it out. It turns out that it's not nuts. In its most mature market, San Francisco, the four-year-old Uber is already bigger than the whole taxi market, much bigger, in fact. According to Uber CEO Travis 
Kalalnik, who spoke at the DLD conference in Munich yesterday, the whole taxi market in San Francisco is about $140 million per year. Uber revenues in San Francisco, meanwhile, um, are now running at $500 million per year. Uber's rides in San Francisco are growing at three times per year. Uber's ride in New York are growing at four times. Uber rides in London are growing at five to six times per year. Do we all need to like start driving for Uber to make money? Holy cow. Now, Uber's recently launched Uber Pool that allow riders to share rides and thus reduce their cost. This ride sharing, which drivers will pick up other riders along the first rider's route, will also increase utilization and productivity of Uber cars. Pooling will continue to drive down the cost of Uber versus owning a car, thus eventually perhaps removing some cars from the road. I would love to do this for my kids. Keep me off the road about three hours a day. So uh, maybe this will be the way to go. Just finding carpool people here, it's hard. It's really, really hard. They have van, a van program here where you, if you get enough people, they're going the same direction. Uh, but you basically have to go to a place and stop, and then you leave at a certain time and come back. Um, it's real hard to find five people that can do that, but uh, they do they have it here in Hawaii. And it's a subsidized van you can get. So, um, but uh, this Uber thing sounds exciting. How many of you, uh, what would you say if you were to get a barcode license? Basically, get a license plate turned into a barcode. Well, you'd be a little bit worried, right? Well, you really do already. You already have a license plate that is basically easy to scan. Um, there's a lot of uh, folks or a lot of companies out there that have technology uh, that basically scans vehicles very, very easily. But there isn't a lot of legislation in place that protects the data that those barcode or basically plate scanners are doing. You know, most of them there, they write tickets. You know, you run a red light or it's a speed trap or whatever it may be. Um, but there isn't a lot of information about what's done with the stuff that's being uh, read, on the, basically, on the license plate readers. What are they doing with it? Uh, technology now being used across the U.S. began as an invention of the British law enforcement in the 70s. It gained popularity in the 90s and uh, in London. And when they were, when the situation with the Irish Republican Army was going on. And uh, but now, uh, you know, it's, it's common technology used across the U.K. But uh, states are just starting to lay out rules about collection storage of data. In the last two years, around 30 pieces of legislation have been written, but only a handful have gotten into effect. Well, of the bills in place, those that endeavor to make police departments clear data clear data after a certain amount of time has passed or tried to prevent uh, private companies from using license plate reader data um, for third-party services. So, uh, you know, if, if you've got license plate readers that's going on in your town, Maybe you should start asking legislators what they're doing with the data. Um, I think it would be, it's probably a smart thing to do. And uh, you would uh, probably be well spent uh, time. And, you know, if, you, if you're worried about being tracked, uh, this is one way you can uh, get active in your community and, and ask legislators about uh, uh, what's going on uh, with license plate readers in your town. All right, over in Gizmodo. 
the first watch built in with a excuse me the first watch with a built-in speedometer they're saying is absolutely wonderful now as smartwatches get more and more functionality they're also gaining more popularity so uh, i guess this company has figured out how are they doing this it pops out so let me read this a smartwatch gained more and more functionality they're gaining and they're also gaining popularity so it's more important than ever for makers of traditional mechanical watches to pack as many novel features into their creation as they can, like Brevia, which has actually found a way to squeeze a pop-up speedometer into its new Genie 03. Why didn't it just use GPS? Um, figuring out how fast you're moving is easy for some smartwatches. They just need to look into a GPS signal while you're out. But it's not quite as easy when the watch is only full of gears and springs. To pull this off, the pop-up mechanism on the Genio 3, which raises about a half an inch above the watch's face when engaged, actually functions as a miniature anemeter to use the speed of the wind to determine the wearer's speed. So it can measure if you're going from uh, 20 to 200 kilometers per hour by uh, basically you stick your hand outside the window with your watch on. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, how much did this watch cost? $5,000? Oh, just wait to this. Are you ready? <laughs> uh, do you want a Tesla instead? <laughs> when it comes to Brevia's Genio 3, it's obscenely expensive. Um, just shy of $60,000, considerably cheaper than the $132,000 Genio 2 and $150,000 Genio 1. So, wow, $60,000. You know what? Let's be honest. Anyone that can afford $60,000 on a watch, that watch, um, it's like, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine spending that kind of money on a watch. I, I really can't. It's just, you know, I know some of you are watch enthusiasts and you see this and you'll drool, but 60 grand? You know, you, you've got to be in the in a one percenter, you know, or half a percenter to be able to afford a watch for $60,000. It's not, <laughs> not me. Not me. Holy cow. All right. Good article. We're on Gizmodo. Did you know they're making uh, natural reefs in the Atlantic with the uh, old subway cars? I didn't know this. They've been for like the last three years, they've been dumping subway cars, old subway cars off a barge uh, around a certain point in the Atlantic for artificial reefs. And uh, it's kind of cool. Like, you know, basic, I guess some of those cars are aluminum, right? So it probably lasts a long time underwater. They said steel, so maybe they are just steel. But uh, anyway, they bring a big barge out, and then they just crane them off and dump them in the water. Um, I guess that's kind of cool. And they sink, and obviously, you know, over time, the the fish come, and, and it's basically an artificial reef. So that's what they've been doing. I didn't know that they were doing this. This is kind of, you just never know. I knew that they were using like old aircraft carriers, and old ships for this, but uh, didn't realize that they were using uh, subway cars. Um, I, I've been uh, approached by Dell. They're going to be sending me an XPS 13. 
and everyone is just raving about this laptop. And I uh, get it it's supposed to get it sometime in the middle of February. I have it for uh, six weeks. Um, so definitely we'll be uh, talking about it when I get it. But uh, there's a lot of articles already about it. Uh, the CNETs of the world have already got access to it. But uh, give me, a, you know, if you've been thinking about a laptop, this is a 13-inch, might be the one that you'll want to check out as, a, you know, as something that you'll want to pick up. But I will definitely be giving you the full skinny on this thing uh, when, I, uh, when I get it and review it. Uh, but I have about six weeks to play with it and, uh, and put it through its paces. And uh, I get the touchscreen version of it which will really let me uh, use uh, Windows 8.1 in a, an environment that it's designed for with a touchscreen and a laptop for the first time. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Today's the last day to get Google Glass. It's it. It's probably already too late um, for most of you, but I have a set of Google Glass that I might just sell. If you're interested, let me know. Perfect condition, uh, low hours. If you have a prescription, I have the prescription lenses for it. And you and you just got to get the actual lenses to put in, so uh, not uh, not something real. Uh, probably many people have. I've got the stylish lenses, so let me know. If I get no offers, I'm just going to go ahead and have the lenses put on, and then I will uh, um, just continue to use them until they die. Okay, um, good article on ours talking about denial of services attacks and how some sites are popping up to basically uh, order on demand denial of service. So Ars Technica has a discussion about the, the database content from Lizard Squad's hacked stressor site. Now this is a leaked, a leaked database from again a hacked denial of service group and it provides some insight on what sorts of targets individuals uh, will pay to knock offline for a few dollars or bitcoins, and um, and it talks about uh, the types and and who is buying them, and it actually shows IPs as well. Um, so there was nearly thirteen thousand people that signed up for the Lizard Stressor service. Of that, about only two hundred fifty actually paid to have something done. More than half the users launched less than twenty short attacks, while only thirty users launch more than 100 and lizard squad's customer support was uh currently based on uh, uh basically if you're an idiot we're going to treat you like an idiot type of deal because if you couldn't follow instructions they basically land based the people that were trying to spend money with them but uh they uh basically uh talk about gamers going after gamers and uh they went after hosting companies in nevada quebec poland malaysia and um it probably was individuals, personal websites that were attacked and so forth, and also game servers that uh, were, uh, but it's not a lot of detail on what uh, level or how big the attacks were, the gigabit throughput or anything like that. But anyway, it's a kind of interesting insight into the underbelly of how people can go online today and uh, with a Bitcoin or a dollar, order a denial of service attack against uh, a website or a group. All right, last couple of articles, and kind of short today. I think it's a short news day, but Facebook has about 1,100 jobs to fill. So if you are uh, looking for a job, the company's staffing level has jumped by 44% in the last 12 months, and many of the job openings on the company site are for advertising sales. There are 126 ad sale jobs posted. 
Facebook's move into new areas also feeling its growth uh, with the virtual reality in it. It has 52 job openings. The company is also looking for 43 recruiters, 28 human resource job openings. So uh, a lot of uh, a lot of potential job opportunities at Facebook in a variety of, of, of locations. If you take a lot of hands-free pictures, if you like to do panorama pictures, there's a couple of cool products for you to check out. I found this over on Yahoo News. So I have this link up in the show notes. It's, you know, I've tried to take panorama, panorama pictures several times without uh, much luck. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to have a device that can actually do this for you. One's called the Movie X-Lapse, and it's available on Amazon for 20 bucks. The other one is the Thumbs Up UK Panoramic Pod Mount. It's available for $18.95. So if you're looking for something that will take uh, panoramic pictures or just hold your phone to take a picture or video, um, these might be a couple of options for you. So uh, under 20 bucks for both these, I think they both are on Prime and available to be uh, to ship to you. All right, big news in astronomy space. This is really big news. Astronomy Astronomers have caught some space's most mysterious radio burst in real time. For the first time ever, astronomers have captured an enormous radio wave burst in real time, bringing us one step closer to understanding their origins. These fleeting eruptions called blitzers, or FRBs, fast radio bursts, are truly bizarre cosmic happenings. In the span of a millisecond, they emit as much radiation as the sun does over a million years. But unlike other super luminous events that span multiple wavelengths, gamma ray bursts or supernova, for example, blitzars emit all that energy in a tiny band of radio light spectrum. Adding to the mystery is the rarity of this. Since these bursts were discovered in 2007 with Australia's Parkes Telescope, 10 have been identified, the latest of which was the first to be imaged in real time. Um, so in real time means as soon as the burst radiation arrives on Earth, uh, the explosion occurred, of course, a long time ago, and it took a long time to get us. Uh, but what happened was is it triggered some automatic sensors. It, it basically were able to get everyone tuned on this um, pretty quickly, and they were able to get refractions and bouncing and stuff that happened and be able to get some some good measurements. Um, you know, you just when you see this kind of stuff in science, if you really look at what it is, you just wonder if um, this is not like a data burst where you're getting, if you had the right equipment, it'd be like they'd send you the whole encyclopedia of the universe. <laughs> but you got to be listening in the right spot. You got to have the right gear to be able to take it all in. Um, it's obviously probably nothing to do with aliens sending us a message. But there is definitely some interesting data that they're looking at with this and the polarization. And uh, scientists will continue will probably study this for a very long time. But uh, they're, they're definitely trying to figure it out. And, uh, but uh, it's pretty amazing when they say uh, that this thing, basically, the radiation that this basically passes is more than what the sun puts out in a, in a, in a million years. Now, it's not, it's just a, it's a very low, 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 tiny signal uh, hitting us for a very short amount of time in a very direct way. All right. I don't know if they said that right, but anyway, you can read the article. If you are in the UK, 
there's an article saying that British spy agency captured journalist messages among 70,000 emails. The government communication headquarters, GCHQ, the British sister agency to the National Security Agency, captured emails of some journalists out of 70,000 messages intercepted in a 10 minutes during a November 2008 test. Wow, that was six years ago. According to The Guardian, which on Monday cited some of documents it had received, uh, basically said during a test, they were basically, they got stuff from the BBC, New York Times. And it was some stuff that they were trying to, they were testing filtering to try to filter out stuff they weren't supposed to catch. But uh, it is, um, shows you that if they only, if they caught 70,000 emails in 10 minutes, um, just think about that for a minute or two on what they could do if they're just sitting there looking a long time. Finally tonight, another article at The Guardian, two planets as, as big as Earth could be on the edge of the solar system. At least two, at least two as yet undiscovered planets, as big as Earth or larger, may be hiding in the outer fridges of the solar system. Scientists believe the secret worlds are thought to exist beyond the orbit of Neptune, the furthest true planet from the Sun, and even more distant, tiny dwarf planet Pluto. The evidence comes from observations of a belt of space rocks known as extreme trans-Neptunium objects orbiting the Sun beyond Neptune. Etnos should be distributed randomly with paths that have certainly defined characteristics, but a dozen of the bodies have completely unexpected orbital values consistent with them being influenced by the gravitational pull of something unseen. So uh, they think there might be two planets out there. <laughs> That's kind of a, like a wow moment. And uh, the scientists say in, in uh, basically the scenario goes down, a population of stable asteroids may shepherd by a distant undiscovered planet larger than Earth. And uh, astronomical unit, the distance between Earth and Sun is equivalent of 93 million miles. So what does that mean? So how far out it is? Uh, no. How many AUs out is it? Oh, it's out 100 AU from, oh, but the recent discovery of a planet-forming disk of a dust and gas more than 100 AU from a star, HL Tari, suggests planets can form long distance away from the center of a solar system. Oh, so they think it is very possible. So they say if this is confirmed, the results may be truly revolutionary for astronomy. So uh, be a rock way out there for sure. Very cold as far as, way to, as, far as it is from the sun. All right, that's going to wrap up the uh, tech tonight. See, you guys can see I'm still getting my land legs back from being gone. And let me uh, load up email here. And today is the 19th. The last show was on the 15th. And did these come in after? Yes, they did. All right. All right, so I got an email, um, an email from Jack. He says, "Todd, your last show where you mentioned the original Intel 8080, that brought that brought me, that brought back memories of my of my building an Altar 8080 when I was a brown bar in the Air Force. I ordered a blank motherboard from Altar and integrated circuit passers, toggle switches for inputting the binary computer code, and LEDs for reading the register in the 8080." From all over the country, I designed 
Oh, it basically got the parts from all over the country. I designed a power supply, a TV video interface, and a wooden case for all of this. Those were the days of no operating system, no drivers, just binary direct computer code entered directly into the 8080's internal register and moved to memory. Needless to say, I didn't get too much accomplished with it other than an electronic typewriter, but it was fun. We've come a long way since original Intel 8080. I always remember those days and accomplishments fondly. Thanks for the great flashback, your friend Jack. Now, of course, Jack, along with uh, with Michael, joined the Warriors Council on the last show. And Jack says, Todd, I can't thank you enough. What an honor to be inducted into the Warrior Council. Michael Dare, a.k.a. The Machine, sure earned his position, too. I don't know if he ever left the booth or got a chance to see any CES, although with the guests we had at the booth, he got to see the best of it. You ask about engraving? Yes, I would like mine engraved. Thanks again. I am looking forward to next year. Aloha, Jack, Jack a.k.a. TriCaster Jack. And uh, I don't think I yelled at Jack one time during CES this year. I may have snapped my fingers a couple of times, <laughs> but it was pretty calm. It really, really was. So uh, I've got a lot to do. I got to get all the prizes and gifts and and one thousand uh, uh, show one thousand awards out. I know, I know, I know. So that's on my list, folks. I, I definitely apologize for being late. It seems like I never get stuff out on time, but uh, I will get it out. Uh, but I definitely thank all of you for tuning in tonight to the show. I hope you had a good time. Um, hope you got some value out of the podcast today. And again, uh, don't forget we have a mission, and that mission starts now. I want you to go over to geekandcentral.com, go to the show notes. The link for the GoFundMe for, for Sean and Jen is in there. I want you guys to, you know, uh, pony up if you can. And uh, and definitely send that email to insider at geekandcentral.com. Sam will total the uh, contributions. I'll do a matching contribution. And uh, let's get a hot water heater in for uh, Sean and Jen so they can uh, take a warm shower. And, you know, it's, it's when I put, I'll, be, I'll tell you guys a story. When we moved into this house, we had solar hot water heater and we had a 120 gallon tank and the solar hot water worked great. It would get to the point where we would have hot water all the way up to five o'clock in the morning when I woke up to take a shower and I would take a cold shower almost every day. And it really pissed me off because I didn't want to go turn the switch on, use electricity to warm the hot water heater. It's always got either cold or lukewarm shower and it just made me mad. <laughs> it really did. So when we went to replace our hot water heater and solar system, when the guy came, I said, I want two tanks. I want a dual system. I don't ever want to run out of hot water again from my solar system. Now we have to turn the switch on a couple of times a year, or if there's a lot of people here running through the house, run through showers, but I have two uh, 120 gallon tanks and there is the not very rare, rare, rare occasion when the shower's cold. And uh, I like a hot shower. Let's get Sean and Jen one too. The GoFundMe stuff is up on geeknewcenter.com right now if you're listening to the show. If you're watching live, it's not, but it'll be up there soon. So definitely let's get them, let's get them a hot water heater. Let's get them uh, a hot shower. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. I definitely appreciate you all. And uh, we'll see you on the next show on Thursday. Everyone take care. Aloha.